All right, but yeah, what's up, everybody? This is episode 46 of Dreadful Talk featuring the lovely Sunny Day. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about this one. I have plenty of questions for you. Um, you know, I, you, you know, you, you lead an interesting life and I'm really yeah. excited, you know, you took the time to, to join us here today. But um, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit and, and kind of like what you do. And then I'll, you know, I'll have a few questions for you. Awesome. Yeah. So my name is Sunny Day. I graduated from Norman High with him, and um, I went to the University of Oklahoma. I'm the first person in my family to graduate from high school and from college, so that's something oh, I'm super yeah. proud of. And that kind of led me to want to be a teacher, but that's not what I went to college for at all. Oh, okay, really? Um, yeah, so I graduated with a bachelor's in communications because I went on a scholarship that they gave kids with specific backgrounds and income so i had to rush into school and having parents who didn't go to college i didn't really know how to figure out what i wanted to be when i grew up so i was like i like people and i'll have to know how to communicate with people so we'll just go with a communications degree well when i graduated the teacher walkout happened and i went to the capitol with my little brother he was nine at the time and I was just super inspired and I figured out that you could be emergency certified because they were desperate at the time. And I passed wow. all of my tests. And so total change of heart and path. But so now I'm on my third year of being a teacher. My wow. first year I did um, special education, then language arts. And now I do ESL, which is very interesting. So. Wow. 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 Man, I, I'll be real. What you were saying there, I mean, that hit home to me. Like, I'm pretty sure I had that same scholarship you had, you know, come mm -hmm, from yep. pretty, pretty similar circumstances. And, um, and, and, and to be completely honest, I, I mean, I still haven't found the answer of what I'm trying to do in my yeah. life fully. And, um, but sure as hell as an 18 year old with, you know, nobody in the house to kind of go to these questions with, I'm right there with you. Like I've totally yeah. related to that. Like I said, to a certain extent still do, you know, I'm doing all right, but, uh, you know, as far as like, have I found that thing that I want to do for the next like 60 years or however long, you know, I'm blessed with like, the answer to that question is no. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's so crazy. I've always thought it was crazy. But I've always kind of just thought it was a me problem uh, that we expect 18 year old kids to make these decisions. And yeah. like, you know, for some kids, you know, that, you know, they've been knowing they're going into daddy's business since they were 10 or mm -hmm. certain people, you know, they won't relate to that. Um, or, you know, some people love the freedom of choosing to not go into daddy's business. But but for somebody, like I said, like me, who, like I said, didn't was kind of a fish out of water. And yeah, I had no idea kind of which direction to yeah. take that. I, I That's so cool, though, that you like got inspired by like, real life like you didn't get inspired by a book or a podcast mm -hmm. or, or or you know a celebrity like you got inspired by like circumstances that were occurring yeah. in real time around you that's that's so cool and, and just you know it kind of just lets you know that you, even if you think you have a plan you know life life will you know change that real quick oh yeah yeah everything in your life i really feel like leads you to where you're supposed to be that's I mean, that's why I work at the school that I work at, because a lot of our students have similar backgrounds and upbringing. So, I mean, in my classroom, the number one rule is to be vulnerable. And so I'm very honest and transparent with my kids, because I know a lot of them probably feel the same way that I did when I was growing up, just lost and like, well, crap, I don't know, like this world's not made for me, you know, so I hope Ooh. that I can like change, you know, their mindsets a little bit damn yeah I, that you, you just hit me right right in the fields that's another one i relate to of just like this world ain't meant for me i think mm -hmm. i've definitely felt that at time and you know I, as you alluded to i'm sure a lot of other kids have as well and, and grown men i think there's like this thing that happens where like you know especially like i i, I can't speak for a woman and a woman can't speak for a man but my experience is as a man like you know you turn a certain age or whatever and you're just supposed to have the answers. Are you supposed to, you know, you're no longer supposed to have those wonders or those doubts or whatever. And, and yeah. you're supposed to just, you know, be 100% confident in everything. And, and I think a lot of that is a facade. I think the amount of men that oh, yeah. like actually feel that like in charge of everything is, is slimmer than, you know, a lot of us like to lead on. Um, and, and yeah, no, that that's, that's, that's really cool though. So what school are you at and when what age of kids are you working with currently? 
Yeah, so I teach at Bridgestone, which is a part of Western Heights Public Schools. It's our fifth and sixth grade center. And I teach fifth and sixth grade ESL, which is English as a second language. So sure. our school is predominantly Hispanic students. And a lot of them come over here from other countries. And I teach those kids who just moved over here how to adapt to the culture and to learn wow. English as a fifth and sixth grader. It's so hard. So um, I got put in this position this year. And when they asked me to go from language arts to that, I literally cried because I was like, there's no way that I mean, I don't speak Spanish. There's no way no, that that was going to be my next question. I was like, yeah. do you speak Spanish? So you don't. I speak do Spanish. a little bit now because yeah. my students have taught me, and I've been thrown into it. But at the beginning, none. You know, I would wow. order Mexican at a Mexican restaurant to be respectful or whatever. But um, other than that, that's it. So I was just like, there's no way that I can do this. I'm again, I'm not made for this position. But I wow. did it and I learned it is much more than that. It's just a lot of patience. And it's my main goal as an ESL teacher isn't to just teach them the culture of America or to adapt to our education system and teach them English, but it's to make them not forget where they come from and to not forget their language. Because I tell my kids, if you can speak both languages, you have so much power. Like use where you come from and everything you know. Like don't forget, don't forget that. Yeah, yeah, like this, isn't, this isn't one of them, you know, Indian schools from the 1800s of like, exactly. you know, what I mean, thankfully, we've, we've evolved past that, you know, we're not mm -hmm. trying to, you can add to it, you don't have to strip it down first. Yep. Uh, I like I really like that approach. And those kids are lucky to have somebody, you know, like you teaching them that approach, you know, especially in a place like Oklahoma, where like, yeah. you know, you, you, you may never know, like, the, the person teaching some ESL classes probably like, you know, don't even want them here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, 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 yep. And, and how how awkward or just, you know, you're not, that's not a nurturing environment. That's not going to like mm -hmm. make you feel included or, you know, so I, I really, I really appreciate your approach to that. That's, that's deep though. And also shout out to you for not like backing down from the challenge. Like, I think there's like a fine line I've found between like biting off more than you can chew and yeah. not backing down from the challenge. Like, where is that? kind of, you know, sometimes you don't know until it's too late if you did not more you can choose. Sometimes mm -hmm. you gotta kind of take that plunge, take that leap of faith, but there's only one way to find out, right? And um, like I said, I, I, I like the kind of people that are willing to kind of throw their hat in the ring or, you know, get, get out of their comfort zone or just give it a shot, right? Like my, my thing that's, you know, like motivated me to kind of take what risks and make what decisions I've made is like, essentially like, worst case scenario i'm right back where i started out exactly. you know what i mean like yep. like this even the whole risk coming out here from oklahoma to california like i moved pretty much from the cheapest place in america to the most yep. expensive <laughs> place in america and i was like i mean did i have a hundred percent confidence that it was just gonna work swimmingly and did it almost go south like more times than i care to admit uh, of course but like you know, I was just like, shit, I mean, worst case, I'm right there. Yep. You, won't, you don't know unless you try. And I know that's a big difference between taking a job as an ESL teacher and like moving across country. But just those little risks that like both of us take, I think both got us to like a place, if it's not exactly where we want to be, at least closer along that journey and further exactly. along that path. So yeah, just like I said, you, you could have easily said no, or this isn't for me or, mm -hmm. or, you know, but, but you just kind of rose to the occasion. And like I said, that's that like, we just need more people like that. And like I said, it can be a fine line between biting off more than you can chew and, and yes. embracing yes. a new challenge. But you know, you got to step up to the plate sometimes, and you know, those, those kids are lucky that you did. So like, uh, I mean, at, at first, was there like, like crude sign language going on? Like, did you just have to communicate like any way, like kind of you could? Like, how did that um, go down? <laughs> so um, this is the one area where I fell in love with technology. I use Google Translate for almost everything mm -hmm. and um, it worked really well. So at first that's how I would communicate via email. It was a lot of work. I would translate their assignments through that. I'd write them in English and I would give them both versions. So they were exposed to the English, but I was also, you know, communicating. But I started to teach myself as I was talking to them by just translating things. I started to learn so fast. So then they offered us at our school these really cool translating devices. So one will go in my ear, the other will go in my students and we'll speak our own languages and it'll translate back in our ears. And it is it's fantastic. I've been able wow. to 
really communicate with all my kids. And I really, um, so my students came back to school for the first time three weeks ago. It's been a crazy three weeks. Um, so I asked them to get devices for our, my students so they could take the device into every class. So they're, I mean, cause usually our ESL students will just sit there while their teachers and classmates are all sitting, you know, speaking English and like nod their heads. And that's so unfortunate, but I was like, oh my gosh, they can, they can use this in class. And so I really advocated for them to all get one and they've been using it and it's amazing. It's so cool. So I do that. And then I do speak some now with them and their families and my kids get so excited. They're like, you're learning Spanish. Cause I let them teach me. So we have a deal. If they learn 15 words in English, I will let them teach me five. So it's a nice trade-off system. Yeah, no, that's cool. And like, you know, and you're going to come out of this, you know, with obviously a new yeah. skill and, 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 and those kids are coming out with it. Obviously, So that, that's a win-win for sure. Now, um, I wanted something I really wanted to ask you about, and I've seen some posts you've made about it. And I know it's something you feel passionate about, something that's, you know, been kind of a big talk in this country over this past year. And it's like the whole digital learning, you know, because of COVID-19 and, and um, and you've, you've experienced it from the teacher side. Um, yeah. I've experienced it from, like, I don't have kids, but but my wife's a nanny. And so, mm -hmm. like, when I'll be around the kids that she's nannying sometimes and, like, just seeing, like, an eight-year-old kid on a computer, like, all day. It, it, yeah. So I've seen it from that perspective. And, um, and, and, and so... And also when I, I had a misconception of it. So like when I first heard of like online learning, cause like, I, you know, like a lot of people you take in college, you end up one or two of your classes a semester are gonna be mm -hmm. online or even the classes that are in person, like all your books and work and all that, and your homework, all your quizzes is all yeah. online anyway. So I assumed it was kind of like that, um, which I guess that, that wouldn't make a lot of sense to, you know, turn that over to th some third graders. So, but I just, yeah. it's, but you're really like FaceTiming them essentially for what, like okay. a whole day? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That is, yeah. Like, that's, that's brutal. So, yeah, just, um, you know, I'll give you the range. Just, yeah. So, talk about A, just how difficult it is, like whether or not you like agree with it. And then all, and then after that, we can get into, at a school like yours, the digital divide and things like that. But I kind of want to make that two separate conversations. Yeah, so it's the hardest thing in the world. And I think, you know, a lot of people wouldn't agree with the teacher saying this out loud, but it's so unrealistic. It really is. Mm. These kids are not made to do that. And, you know, we had specific rules or some teachers would and reprimand students for, you know, moving around or having distractions and stuff. It's like they can't help what's going on in their home environment. They're children. They're supposed to move. They're supposed to be active. And they're sitting in front of a camera all day. And it makes them socially uncomfortable because they can't actually talk and communicate. They have to mute, unmute. You know, there's rules like um, it's and it's so lonely if they're home alone all day, you know, they're having to make themselves lunches and it's lonely for us teachers. I know that as soon as I logged a class out for the first probably six months of it, I would just cry because it's not the same. And I know it's not the same for the kids. So we, I don't know what else we could have done because I do agree with kids not necessarily being in person because I didn't want anyone to get sick and that stuff. It's very real what's going on. So I don't know what we should have done better, but this was not good for their mental health. It wasn't good for their academia moving forward. I mean, a lot of kids didn't learn anything and yeah. we still state tested this year. And it's like, that's not what they should be tested over this year. Like we should have focused so much on social emotional learning and set the curriculum aside for a little bit because they're experiencing something that like hard, like I don't think any generation that's alive right now had to experience as a kid in school. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I agree almost with everything you just said. Like, uh, first off, like, no, I pretty much have ADHD. Like, I was never, like, diagnosed, but I have a very short attention mm -hmm. span, very, like, distracted easily. And, like, uh, I, I, but I'll just, even BB, I'm, I'm about, I turn 27 next month. Like, I could not sit in front of that screen and sit still no. and pay attention. Like, I could not, I don't <laughs> care any type of drug, anything. I, I couldn't yeah. sit there all damn day. I barely could like when I was getting paid to do it and you still got like lunch breaks and stuff like that. Like 
I, yeah, no, that would be, so I just wanted to say that, like, I don't even think I could do as a grown man what we're asking these children to do. And then like, uh, like you said, and then I've witnessed it from kind of like a privileged kid that does have a nanny and a big mm -hmm. house and fast Wi-Fi and all that. And it was still a nightmare. So I yeah. can't imagine these kids that, yeah, are home alone, making themselves ramen noodles in between classes and stuff. I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine yeah, you know, yeah, and, and this whole gener like, there's gonna be like a whole generation of kids that like, you know, are it's like it's like an experiment pretty much. Like they're gonna be like, what happens <laughs> yeah. when you like take a whole like like what would have happened to us if we missed like a whole like fourth grade or fifth grade or whatever grade because yeah. each grade comes with things that you learn in that grade, both mm -hmm. just about the world and actually like the book stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, that that's really wild. And you're right. Like, it's not that like, I was advocating for them to be like, they, it was a lose lose situation. Because exactly like you can't have like, you know, full capacity. Now it was kind of interesting, because out of all age groups, kids did seem to be the least affected by it. But you, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't make the whole crack some eggs to make an omelet argument when you're talking about children, right? Like, yeah. like, like, like when you're talking about numbers and, and stats, you know, it's whenever you're sitting there looking that little kid in the face and like, oh, you don't get to go home or yeah. so, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's, it's a whole different ball game. And I, I do appreciate the not taking risks. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lose, lose. It's a lose, lose. And I think that it was ridiculous for so many people to kind of, dig their heels in the sand over like which answer was right when both answers were clearly wrong like yeah like yeah yeah like you're both like you're gonna cheer that hard for both losing teams like it's just kind of like some circumstances you had to deal with for sure um now and then yeah i wanted to talk about also so like did you have kids that like because like so i i'll i'll put myself out there before i put it on these kids like growing up i didn't have a computer or internet in my house at all like I would have to go to the library, type my papers, go to a homie's house, this, that, just work around it, just get get by however I had to get by. Um, it, you know, use the, like my mom had a business friend that had a printer shop and I'd go there and print stuff out and just like shit like that. And, and so like, I would have been fucked. Like I would have been one of these kids <laughs> that like, like, you know what I mean? So like, were there kids that just like, you know, like either like you can't drop out as like a third grader, but like, is there kids that just like fell off the map or like, you know, is there kids that just, did you guys provide any kind of tablets? How did that go down for some of those kids? Yeah, at first it was really rocky because we haven't gotten, we had not gotten the relief grant from the president yet or our government, I suppose. So there were a lot of students who were left out and not only is it just that they couldn't afford these devices, which we all know are over $500, that's unrealistic, yeah. especially if you have several students in a household, which most of them do, but also Wi-Fi. Internet's so expensive. I didn't never had internet or cable growing up. I didn't have technology. So just like you, I would have been like, oh. and I loved school. So I would have been so upset because that is not fair just because of where I came from. And I just, um, I don't know. It was really frustrating, but we eventually got a grant and we got iPads for all of our kids. Well, at first they took all of the teacher iPads and then they got the kids some too. So we eventually got Chromebooks, but that was just a few months ago. So we provided all of them with devices and then some of them, only some were able to get Wi-Fi um, assistance, but. It was so I sad that have... out here in California, like, uh, you would go to like McDonald's and like public places, Target, yeah. see kids like, you know, because like I said, it's not sad, like looking down on like that would have been me and kudos to yeah. those kids for, for going for jumping those hurdles to get their work done. Like it's nothing on those kids. Actually, those kids get bonus points. But what I'm saying is just like, yeah, you can't look at that. And like, it doesn't make you feel good when you see that, you know what I'm saying? Seeing a exactly. kid sitting on the floor of a McDonald's, like trying to learn about how to, you know, where to use a comma you know what i mean like it's, it's yep. a, it was just a absurd kind of like glitch in the matrix like something's not right here like it just it was just some really really bizarre circumstances for sure and um that's cool though that you guys kind of were able to you know help those kids and yeah. just do the best you can that's all anybody did over this past year is just do the best we could um kind of want to like zoom the microscope out a little bit and talk about like oklahoma schools as a whole 
because mm-hmm. um you know I, i'm a product of oklahoma public schools um i you're a public product of oklahoma public schools i think like, pretty much common knowledge i'm not really bashing here but like you know every year they like rank towards the bottom like mid to high 40s if you're comparing <laughs> yeah. it to other states um you know and uh and, and I mean, I grew up, you know, using the RIP textbooks. Like, I think it went viral on Twitter. Like, and it was so funny because it was supposed to be this dramatic thing. Like, the kind of videos they make about, like, abused dogs. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. those are totally the books I grew up using. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that's My that's brother still uses them. Yeah. 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 And it was, like, this viral video about how bad Oklahoma school textbooks were. And every I, I like, people asking me, like, is this, like, true? Like, oh, oh, for sure. But, yeah. And, and uh. <laughs> And so, so I'm saying all that, like I said, I'm not trying to just rag on it. And then also on the flip side. So like I, I came out here to California and when I first moved out of here, I had two cousins who were in high school, right? When I moved out here. And at first, like they were stressed out. They were doing like college level work. Like, so mm-hmm. they were working them kids to the bone, having them do like high level stuff that I didn't even do till like my junior year of college. And, um, and, and, and it wasn't a, it was just normal classes. And like, I, at first, I, my comp- opinion changed. Cause at first I was like, you know, this is like the last time these kids have to not be stressed out. Like why are they st- like a stressed out 15 year old shouldn't even yeah. be a thing. And, but then on the flip side, now they're, now they're both in college and they're both kicking ass. Like they're both college awesome. is easy to them. And, and I'm on the flip side where I had a good old time in high school. Like my high school might as well have been dazed and confused, but like, <laughs> At the same time, like I got to college and it kicked my ass. And I had a high mm-hmm. GPA in high school, but like I didn't learn shit. And uh, so, like, where's that balance between, like, I mean, like I said, like, do, you don't really want like stressed out kids, but I do think they need to up the curriculum a little bit. Where do you fall on that? Well, our curriculum, it definitely needs to be updated, not just in Oklahoma, but in general. There are a lot of things that are missing. Um, There are a lot of things that need to be added and just overall what we're prioritizing and teaching these kids. So, you know, obviously I'm competing for Miss Oklahoma. And one of the main things if I win is I want to advocate for real life stuff being taught in schools. I don't know who decided one day that certain things should be taught to children and that's what's going to make them successful and certain things are not. So I first think that we need to change curriculum in general to meet the more of social, emotional, and life skills needs because we're pushing the idea that everyone has to go to college. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. And so we equip these kids for college. But what about the kids who not only don't want to go, but really don't have the opportunity to because the way their lives have worked out for them. Some of them have to not graduate high school so they can take care of families, you know. So we need to make our curriculum more realistic so that way people who choose to go to college or don't can still be successful. Yeah, but, yeah, 100%. You know. I, yeah, no, that's, I think that's a good idea. And, like, I think it goes back to, especially in a state like Oklahoma where, like, church and state are, like, more closely yep. knit than they probably ought to be, like uh, – like, I think there's like this still this like kind of 1950s idea that like the kids are getting certain things at home. And, and, and yes. when in reality, now would it probably be better if the family structure in America was still a little more intact and, and kids were getting a lot of that stuff at home? Sure, I, I'll even give you that much. But like, you can't <laughs> like wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. Like you can't make the whole system based around some weird idea of how it ought to be or how it used to be you kind of got to go like you got to dance with the with the date you brought you know you gotta uh (laughs) you gotta deal with the circumstances that you're like currently dealing in not some like idealistic you know june cleaver like of of oh they're getting certain things at home that like most kids and it's and it's not even just a like a like a money thing either or a race thing like you know, like there's rich white kids that are in big ass houses that ain't getting that either because both of their exactly. parents are working 80 hours a week or however the fuck or they're being raised by, mm-hmm. you know, the nanny. Like, yeah, the parents have all the knowledge, but they're being raised by somebody else or the grandma or, you know, and it's just you can't assume that these things are going to be taught in the household. Like as as perfect as that would be, I do mm-hmm. think the emotional and life skills do kind of need to be kind of 
that needs to be supplemented, right? It's like a, like if, if you're not getting enough of some vitamin D in your diet, you can get some vitamin D from a supplement. So it's like exactly. if you're these things that we're not getting at home anymore, or perhaps maybe never were, like maybe that was all a myth anyway. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's like maybe we could supplement that in with some of the school stuff for sure. Um, but yeah, you um, you, you, you segued it perfectly, like for real, better than I, even my notes had it. Like you are running for <laughs> Miss Oklahoma. You you are were a semifinalist in the past and um, you are, I believe, you know, at it again. I have a million questions because <laughs> I don't know the first thing about pageants at all. So like, I want to start from like pageants 101, like some basic questions, like pageants for dummies, because like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's why I have so many questions. Like, I kind of have a negative connotation in my yeah. head of pageants. Now, mm -hmm. I openly, the, before I even said that, I said, I don't know anything about them. So that, that's, <laughs> a, you know, kind of a dumb yeah. opinion of me, but that's why I want to learn and, and, and ask questions. So like, you know, I think, and I, I don't, I hate speaking for other people, but I'm just going to speak for like the every man out there. Like, I think whenever your common American man thinks of like a pageant, they kind of think of just like a beauty contest. And, and maybe at one point, that's, is that what it was at one point? Like, so like, it, it, the, I guess get into like the, the history, did it used to be more kind of like that? And then like what it's evolved into now? Because I clearly know, know that it is more than that. But I don't mm -hmm. think that the average person out there kind of, understands how or like what distinguishes it from those old days yeah so first there's two major pageant organizations and i've competed in both so there's the miss universe which is miss usa and then miss america so i'm currently in the miss america organization but for the past six years i did the miss usa organization so oh. they're very different and i are they are they like that. competitive they, do they like kind of like think something of the other like <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a lot of I mean they're just totally different they're title holders their missions and I didn't know this until I was just recently introduced to Miss America which I feel like I that's what I've been looking for the whole time but maybe never found it elsewhere um but they were both they started as a swimsuit competition which to me I know that some people may not agree. I love that. I think it's so fun. The Miss America no longer has swimsuit competition. Miss USA still does. So Miss America has completely eliminated that. They have completely evolved into something different. But the Miss Universe organization is kind of like women end up being models, but they're also very smart. And some of them want to go into acting and stuff. So they want different things. But Miss America is more of a spokesmodel. So she goes and do, does a lot of appearances yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So they want different things. And the Miss America organization is a scholarship organization. So okay. it's actually the biggest scholarship organization for women in America. Miss America oh, wow. goes home with $50,000 when she wins. And Miss Oklahoma is one of the um, highest paid state organizations. So if I were to win, I would get a lot of scholarship money to go back to school, which is really cool. Or for some girls who are in college, they would get to pay off their student loans. So it's really awesome. But I like Miss America because it's, it's more of a spokesmodel position. It, you have to have an emphasis on a social impact um, or a platform, some people call it. And they have a talent competition, which is different to me. I never did talent at Miss USA. Oh, really? Okay. So, I was going to ask about that. I'm a little sure. nervous about that. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's see, and I, those are the exact kind of things I was all curious about. And A, you know, like you said, if it was a beauty contest or a swimsuit mm -hmm. contest, like, like, what's wrong with that, right? Like, yeah. like you know, like, there's bodybuilding contests. Like, there's, there, like, it's not that different from that, yeah. in my opinion. Um, or, or, and I do like how you said compete because it, it is a competition. And I, and yeah. I like that you view it that way as a competition because I'm a super competitive person. Like, mm -hmm. like I, I, I find ways to get competitive in things that you ain't even supposed to get competitive in. So <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Now, um, now you did say that that, that is a talent in Miss, the talent section of it in Miss America. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what or is it a secret or do you um do you have a what are, what are you planning on doing for the for the yeah. talent portion? So they already put it out there, so I'm perfectly comfortable talking uh, about it. But I am singing 
Um, it's not very traditional for pageants. So most pageants, you have singing, dancing. Actually, Miss America this year won doing a science experiment. She blew some stuff up on stage and it was awesome. Wow. Um, but they usually sing like opera or Broadway. And I am singing Warriors by Imagine Dragons, which I found looking at videos of video game trailers and it's the league of legends trailer song and i was like this song is sick you know and i was like this is totally me and i listened to the lyrics and it has a very significant meaning to me so i will be singing um warriors by imagine dragons and i'm really excited nice. and is, yeah i bet i bet <laughs> that, that's awesome though that's gonna be a lot of fun um now, what is coming up pretty soon, right? Or no? Or yeah, it is in 29 days. I'm definitely counting because I'm anxious about it. But now I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. um, and this is this may seem silly. I don't know. But like, I, you know, I have my other podcast, BP Boys Breakdown. I watch a lot of MMA, a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. And fighters, they like cut weight to get down to like a mm -hmm. weight for, for, for weigh-ins. Do, do pageant, like, do, do people that compete in pageants, do you know, like that, that month going into it, do you diet a little stricter or is it like a full blown like weight cut or just not at all or different for different people? I just say that may be unrelated at all, but just coming from what, a fight background, like do people like cut weight essentially for these pageants? So I will say whenever I've competed in the swimsuit competition, that's definitely a thing because you are yeah. going out there and it is, you know, they're judging your strength and your confidence and, your health ultimately. And I worked very intensely with a trainer. So it is, it's very much like that. We have physical trainers. We're not on a strict diet, but we eat. Um, it depends on what they want the result to be. If they want to look strong, if they want to look yeah. skinny, if they want yeah. to look healthy, whatever that means to them. So it really depends on the girl and what they want to do. But I will say that the Miss America not having a swimsuit competition has been awesome. <laughs> it's been a, <laughs> It's been a huge relief because at one point in time competing in Miss USA, um, it really stressed me out because I, you know, I was the shortest girl on stage. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to make my legs or my stomach, you know, all that looks skinny. So I look taller. And so it, it can be dangerous. And I think that's why I'm proud to be a part of the organization that took out swimsuit. Because if I were to win Miss Oklahoma, I can't think of a single appearance where I would show up in a swimsuit. You know, that's not why I went to be Miss Oklahoma. So yeah, yeah. It, it's not part of the job, in my opinion. It's just cool. It's entertaining and it's fun to do, but it, it can be really dangerous and unhealthy for some people. Yeah, and it's like this fine line, right, where it's like, man, if there were no creeps in the world, it would be a lot more awesome, right? <laughs> like, it just, it, it's hard to, uh, like, avoid that, like, tiny sprinkle of cringe factor that exists, whether yeah. it be a remnant from the past or just, somewhere out there's a creed or i don't know like mm -hmm. I, I don't know i i'm saying i'm not the one doing it so maybe you don't feel the same way but i i just i still feel like i don't know that's what would go through my mind if i had yeah. like a daughter or my wife or somebody doing something like that like 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 if it was all like like the p i don't think the people doing it i don't think there's anything wrong in them doing it but i think just the way society is and the way certain people go about things is what mm -hmm. could kind of like introduce some of that weirdness to it. I don't know, kind of yeah. beating around the bush a little bit. But uh, <laughs> um, now, now you said it was, um, you said that, so how, how are these things judged? Is it like a composite score to where like your talent score gets added to the, like how, how are these things judged Mm -hmm. And like, I assume not anybody can just be a judge. Is it former contestants that were, are the judges or? So they are very intense at Miss Oklahoma with who they pick as judges. So they just announced our judges. There's actually a lot of uh, former teachers on the judging panel, which is so exciting. Um, so I'm super excited to talk to those judges. We have a surgeon who's on the judging panel, someone that works um, in public office at the state capitol. So they have a huge they have, I think, really cool and important and interesting people that um, you want to have a conversation with. But the way that the judging goes is there's eight judges and we compete in several different areas of competition. So we have a private interview, which is us with the panel of judges and we're on there for 10 minutes. And I think that that's 35% of our score. Talent is worth 35% of your score. 
And then you have evening gown, which is only worth 15%. So, I mean, I think that's so fun. You get to feel kind of like a queen, but yeah. it's only worth 15%. And then you have something called your social impact pitch and onstage question. The onstage question is the intimidating, typically political question. And then your social impact pitch is where you go in front of them and you have 30 seconds to tell pretty much everyone in the audience what you would do as Miss Oklahoma. That's, that's, see, see, as somebody, like, I've always, like, loved, like, my words. Like, that's why I do the podcast. Like, I was an English mm -hmm. major in college. Like, I, like, so, like, I don't know. That's the part I feel like I would, like, wait for. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just get I to, like. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I see, I, I, yeah, you had an English background, right, mm -hmm. as well. So, like, yeah, I'm sure, you, you know, you're great with your words as well. That's really interesting. Um, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier. You, you know, you are on the shorter side of things for what <laughs> typically, I guess, is like a prototype. But I was the same way. I was short for a football player. So I feel mm -hmm. you. Uh, what, how big of a deal is that? Like how, like it's kind of a common thing. You hear it more for like modeling, but I guess it kind of carries over to the pageant yeah. type of sector. But yeah, how, how big of a deal is it? Is it like, would you qualify it as like a hurdle you've had to overcome? Like, is it like being a short basketball player? Like what's it, what's it like being a yeah. shorter person that competes in these things? So in Miss America, I've never felt any sort of discomfort because of my height. Because we've had several Miss Americas who were 5'4". I would still probably be the shortest because I'm 5'2". Um, but like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. But in Miss USA, it's not very common to see someone who's under 5'7 win. So at Miss Oklahoma USA every year, I like I said, I just stressed about who I was going to stand in line next to. Was I going <laughs> to be next to the girl who was 6'1"? And Typically, the group photos were so funny because you'd see all these girls and then there'd be me. I was like, man, <laughs> that's great. But so. And how tall are you, by the way? I'm 5'2". 5'2", okay. I'm, I'm a little bitty. Yeah, so whenever I'm in the hallway at school, I get yelled at by teachers to go back to class. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. But it has its advantages, so it's fine. But yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely been something that I felt like maybe a setback for me. And what stinks is it's something that I can't control. So... I just have to own it at that point. I just go out yeah. there and do my thing and own that I'm going to stick out because I'm smaller than everyone else. Yeah, the, the first person that invents, that invents like hype pills, you know what I'm saying? He's going to be richer <laughs> than Elon Musk. Oh, Everybody's yeah. going to be buying them up for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's interesting, right? Because like I said, I faced the same thing in football. Like I was 5'10". I could lift all the weights I wanted, run all the sprints I wanted. Yeah. Wasn't going to make me 6'3". Like, it just, like, it's just one of those <laughs> yeah. things. Like, and you, you got to work around it. Yeah, work mm -hmm. on the other skill sets. And it's just, it is, uh, it is, it is kind of more arbitrary, though, I got to say. Because, like, in football, if you're taller, maybe you can tip that pass. Or maybe you, your arm's a little bit longer to get to that quarterback mm -hmm. faster. Like, it's kind of just, like, arbitrary, right? And, like, what you're doing. I mean, like, in some – some guy probably back in like the whenever it first started was like, yep, yeah, I like him tall. And then it just, just did it just stick from there? Or is there, is there more to it? Am I missing something here? Like, why is there like an actual reason why it would be better to be taller? Like, no, see, and I don't really understand that. I think that's again, like, why the Miss America organization is cool. They have lots of short yeah. girls, and it's because. I think a lot of those girls don't have intentions of being signed to a modeling agency. So Miss mm. USA and Miss Universe, they get signed to IMG. And as we all know, the modeling industry, it is slowly changing and evolving, but those girls Brutal. want to get into the modeling industry. And ultimately they have to find a girl that's willing to get signed or will get signed by that agency. And they're typically not going to sign a woman that's under five, seven, which is, I don't understand that either. Yeah, yeah, like I said, in sports, like maybe it helps you get a rebound or get the catch, but in modeling, and I guess you could say it's have a close fit or whatever, but I, I don't know, I'm married to a short woman. I don't think there's anything wrong with short women. No, so shout awesome. out to y'all. Keep, keep killing it with your little selves. But uh, I, I, so I got to say, um, though, I got to pull it up here. The last Miss Oklahoma winner from Norman, Tiffany Craig, back in 94. That's the year I was born. So it's been a minute. You 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 trying to bring that title back to back to Nompton? Or how are you, you know how do you, yes. you you feel pretty inspired to to try to bring it back home for the first time since '94? Oh yeah, that's the goal. I'm I'm really excited. And I've worked so hard. So like I said, I did not do the system last minute. Whenever it was two months after I had not won Miss Oklahoma USA, my coach was like, 
try Miss America. I've heard you sing, go, just try Miss America. And so I was like, well, I don't know what pageants are coming up. There was one local pageant left. And I went to Tulsa, not knowing what to do. I had practiced a song for like three days. And I just went, I, I think it worked out because I had no expectations. I didn't know what yeah. I was getting myself into. I didn't know what they were looking for. So I wasn't trying to fit a mold. I just said, I'm going to sing this dang song. I'm going to go out there, tell them who I am, why I want this job. And if it works out, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't because it didn't cost anything. So I drove to Tulsa, competed for two days, and then I won. And I was supposed to compete for Miss Oklahoma in June after winning in February. So I only had three months with my local title and to figure out how to compete at this state level. But then the pandemic happened and some people might have thought it was a disadvantage. I was like, oh my gosh, I have a whole extra year to prepare for this pageant that I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And I learned more about the system and I used the pandemic to connect with other girls all over the United States who are in this system. And they've inspired me so much. And I've really found my place in the system and figured out what I'm capable of doing and been able to develop a plan. That way, if I do in Miss Oklahoma, I can start that first day that I get crowned to try to change our state that I really care about. Man, what I swear you're doing my job for me. That's, that's <laughs> one of the things I wanted to transition into next. You know, um, I, I'm just going to go out and say it. I can, I can personally see you gazing in my crystal ball, I can see you entering politics one day. I can totally see it. And, um, you know, you recently, you know, you had a lunch, I believe, with the, with the, the Norman mayor, Brad mm -hmm. Clark. Yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, I, I want to say the San Francisco mayor's the name is Brea something, too. So it, like, tripped me out. But anyway, because uh, I always hear about her on the news out here. But anyway, uh, so, so like I said, you, you're, you have very strong political feelings. You're mm -hmm. kind of setting yourself up in a position you know maybe down the line um and i i i, I don't want to speak for you but i think it's something you have interest in um and you you just said you know using your platform to like you know start making some changes in oklahoma um yeah. i we i think we can both agree oklahoma has a lot of things that need changing and oh, yeah. and, and um it also has a lot of good people there trying to change it because i mm -hmm. never want to sound like i'm shitting on it now yeah. and sometimes i have this weird like kind of survivor's guilt thing because I left like I like there's two types of people from Oklahoma you either move somewhere doper yeah. or you like those like freedom fighters that like really take that <laughs> cause the heart of like trying to like change it and uplift it and I sometimes I feel bad for dipping I really do and um but but that being said you know I did for 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 reasons you know there's just some problematic things about yeah. uh, unfortunately about our home and you know I, a lot of love a lot of people there some some pretty big problems there. Um, what are some things that like, whether it's in the future in politics or whether it's, a, you know, you're using your pageant titles, um, what are like some top things that you've identified that like, you know, either need to be changed or sometimes it's a different question of what you feel can actually be changed. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the floor is yours. Um, so many, so many so things. Many, so many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have to say education would be a main priority. Like I said, just fixing our curriculum and a huge issue I see, and I, I didn't see it until I became a teacher was the lack of representation we have on administration or our board of education. There's not only Caucasian students in the state of Oklahoma. Why don't we have Native American teachers or Hispanic teachers or African-American teachers or male teachers really um, we need to represent our students that way they can see themselves in those people and they can be able to relate. You know, at my school, there needs to be a lot more representation and many other schools in Oklahoma, but I would also want to really focus on addiction in our homeless population. We're not doing oh. anything for those. Um, and those are both two things that are, they're really important to me because I had a parent who struggled with both and still sometimes does. And I have seen by trying to help that person for the past 15 years that there are little to no resources. There's little to no empathy or knowledge about how severe that issue is in the state of Oklahoma. I've lost several people to addiction. And when you call the police, you know, we're one of the only states that doesn't have a good Samaritan law, which means that if people are around someone who's overdosing, they're terrified that they're going to get arrested. So they leave or they don't call the police. 
And we are one of nine states that doesn't have that law passed, where if you're around someone who is ha having an overdose, you can call and save their life. What and up, so can... in Oklahoma, if you're chilling with somebody and they're overdosing, you're at a party and then somebody's overdosing, you get in trouble? Like You like... can get in trouble for possession or for being present in that situation. Man, that's so And that fucked. scares people. So yeah, I mean, I mean kind of rightfully so, right? I mean, it's kind of yeah. like hard to judge those people you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like i'm not like like you go to jail for something somebody else did like yeah it, it, and I, I i guess the police's logic is like oh you scumbags are doing it too but but maybe not maybe yeah. not maybe you you know you're you got a family member like you said that's a got a problem they don't got nothing mm -hmm. to do with you but they're using you're in the house at the same time yeah. like that's a really that's yeah that's so messed up i'm glad you you know just enlightened us about that so so that would mm -hmm. be something that you'd be really interested in trying to change oh yeah and we just we have a huge problem here with heroin opioids and whenever i say heroin i mean fentanyl there are a lot of problems going on in oklahoma methamphetamines all those things that we're just ignoring and whenever we ignore them we create this cycle to where because we're ignoring it we're preventing it from happening if it's a parent that child's going to follow the same trend and then their child wow. so we're creating this problem by not it. talking about it you know yeah. and um yeah. it's with something we should talk to kids about it's something that we should have more availability for people to go judgment free to get help on um, or to not be arrested if they're going to seek help or being honest about what they're experiencing. So we we need to do much better for that because like I said, the other issues are homeless population, population, which is a lot of those people. So if we took care of those people when they first started yeah, struggling, it, maybe they wouldn't be homeless. It goes hand in hand. And, and man, so I, I wanna talk to you about homeless because this will be an interesting little conversation if you have a second. Uh, Cause so I, when I first moved, so I, li I live in the Bay Area. It's literally pretty much the, essentially besides LA Skid Row, like the, I guess if you want to say worst or most, whatever mm -hmm. adjective for homeless in, in America. And, um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but when I first moved out here, I had a bleeding heart for the homeless. I mean, I, I should, you know, this is a real story. I, I went to San Francisco with like 200 bucks in my pocket, all 20s, and pretty much gave it all out. Because it's mm -hmm. just like, 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 I couldn't help it. Like, I had a pocket full of money. These people didn't have anything, you know, and I was just giving out money. Like, I, I felt stupid the next day, trust me. But I, <laughs> I, I just, I just was giving out money. And, 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 and if you, I don't know if you've ever been to San Francisco or the Bay Area, but I mean, it's a whole nother level here. And, um, like, like literally, like, a, I could, like, punt a football and hit, like, a homeless encampment over there that has, like, semi-permanent structures. Like, like 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 they're building it with wood and pallets wow. like along the side of the highways like a shanty town that you see in like africa or something it's crazy like chickens running around like it literally looks like oh. another country yeah it looks like oh, another country yeah yeah like, like haiti or something like that and um no no i said all that it's not now when you're dealing with it on a scale that it is out here and it's just always in your face everywhere you go and, and there's literally human shit on the sidewalks. Use knee, like you go to San Francisco. I always crack the joke. It's not really a joke. You play hopscotch over used heroin needles. Like you literally have to use you to jump over them, avoid them. You don't want them poking through your shoe. It's a real thing. Human shit. Like in San Francisco, like in any other city in America, you see shit on the ground. You just like your brain tells you like, oh, that's dog shit. Clearly, like it's dog. Not in San Francisco. Like I'm not even exaggerating. That's human shit. If you're in San Francisco and you see shit on the ground, like that's human shit a hundred percent. And so, and like, I mean, you'll be walking that's down bad. the street and see like homeless dudes like jerking off or showing their ball sacks and like shit that would, I mean, you don't want your mm. family seeing. And, yeah. and, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's like I said, I mean, they're always getting, starting fires over here at this homeless encampment. It's like a block from my house. Um, no, so I, whenever you're dealing with it on this level, it's it's coldens your heart to it. And I, I know it's something that you're very, and you've seen a very individual example in a yeah. very different setting. And, you, and, and I totally understand where you're coming from. And like I said, when I moved out here, I was coming from that same place. But mm -hmm. after seeing what I've seen, I've been out for five years now. And after seeing like, and, and, and you'll see also, so I used to work at a sporting goods store. And there was this guy, he would come in there and uh, he had a rich mom. Like, and she would go buy him, like, I think she bought like, like every nicest camping equipment in the world, like not in the world, but in the store. 
and 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 for her kid to be homeless and and it, and it was kind of sad because she was she was like looking at me like yeah I tell him to come home but he prefers it out there and mm -hmm. and like and, yeah yeah and um and and it, I struggle with it like I don't know where I stand on like do the like and I and it say like anything you can't make blanket statements but when you're dealing with the numbers that you're dealing with out here in the bay it's so hard so hard to treat it as case mm -hmm. by case. It's so hard to treat them as individuals, as individuals, yeah. which is fucked up because we're all individuals and nobody wants to be lumped up into a group. Mm -hmm. And one person's reason for being homeless may have nothing to do with the next person. But when you're dealing with it at the scale that we're dealing with it in California, it does kind of dehumanize it. And it does like you just want a solution. Um, I don't even know where I'm really getting at here. It's just like, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of, and I feel guilty about it sometimes. I've gotten kind of a cold heart towards the towards the whole homeless because when i walk around my neighborhood it's nothing but just broken glass and mm -hmm. used net mattresses and like i said like chickens and and lean-tos and structures and tents on the sidewalk and human shit and used needles and you know crack pipes and i mean and i've lived mm -hmm. in like a like a house in this neighborhood cost you a million dollars so it's not like it's like in the hood like yeah it, like and, and so like some of our favorite cities out here, like the legendary Santa Cruz, the beach town with the boardwalk. I mean, it's like a homeless paradise now. And it's just like, a, it, there's a fine line, right? And like, I get called, especially out here by all the California, you know, liberals that, you know, cause I'm a liberal myself, but compared to some of these people, I'm not like, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you heartless bastard, you have no sympathy. And it's like, okay, but like, is your dog getting glass stuck in her paw? Like, are you stepping yeah. over human shit in your neighborhood? Or are you living in a nice neighborhood that doesn't have the homeless and you just want them to be able to exist in my neighborhood like it's i don't know if there's like a solution i don't i don't know i just i just i don't know i kind of went on a rant but yeah feel free yeah. to retort or you know like i said i know you you're approaching it from a more individual perspective which is probably the right approach i do admit <laughs> but like i honestly feel like i'm a victim of it if it makes sense yeah absolutely so and it, it is horrible to hear that that comes in such a big population and it's kind of becoming its own community. Some of the things that you mentioned, you know, like the addiction or even starting fires and all of that, I really think that those are all signs of mental health, which mm -hmm. again comes back to the fact that people aren't taking care of their mental health and there aren't enough resources. And if the cost of living wasn't so crappy in certain places, you know, definitely where you are, then it wouldn't be nearly impossible for people to, to make a living. So I know, you know, for instance, my dad, no matter how hard he's tried, it's been impossible for him to get back on his feet. Because if you go to a job interview with holes in your shoes and you don't have a car and you tell them you don't have an address because you're homeless, but I'm here trying to get this job to get my life together, I'll find a way to get to work every day. They're not going to give you a chance. It's a so fucked up circle. Yeah, it's a exactly. circle. It's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and see out here, out out there in Oklahoma, like, and I do, I do feel like it's different. I because there's like mm -hmm. a culture of homelessness out here. It's almost like a path you can choose. It's like, am I gonna go to college? Am I gonna get a job? <laughs> or am I gonna be a homeless fucking loser? Because yeah. California just allows it. And um, and and because you see so much of that out here, where it's like, dude, you're an you're you're an able body like you see because that's another thing in oklahoma you typically see older homeless people like yeah, the infamous homeless chang and norman and you'll mm -hmm. see like there's a couple of older black dudes that were homeless out here you'll see a kid like dog you're 19 years old why are you homeless like or mm -hmm. like and, and, and also another thing is like okay uh, yeah like the the cost of living in the bay area like if i didn't have family here i wouldn't be able to afford it either i'm actually yeah. leaving me and my wife are moving to reno in a couple months but like mm -hmm. uh the thing is nobody's forcing you to live here like you can go get like a two-bedroom in kansas for like 500 dollars a month it's like topeka <laughs> kansas like mm -hmm. I, I like there's people in california that just like want to be in california like it, it, it's it's just as simple as that so like it's almost like we're having kind of two different conversations and i'm not even like trying to argue i just i want no, i'm yeah. trying to paint i'm trying to paint a picture like mm -hmm. i'm just like like it's not that i'm like a heartless dick it's like <laughs> it's it's like a public health concern it's yeah. a hazard i mean i and i feel so bad like i never thought in my life i've always been a very stick it to the man power to the people kind of guy i never thought i would find myself feeling for people that own million dollar properties but imagine you own a house in san jose that's worth 1.3 million dollars 
but like across the street you're watching like a homeless guy just like you know take a shit or you know like the homeless guys living in your neighborhood for free that you have yeah. you're paying i mean you're paying twenty thousand dollars a year in property taxes and you got a guy living on the sidewalk in front of your house for free or like you see because it's that's the dynamic mm -hmm. that's out here in the bay it's so stark it's so black and white and it, and, and it is it is it is really really wild or like i i san francisco is one of the most famous gorgeous cities in the world yeah. you can't even really go there like mm -hmm. it's not the image in your head of full house san francisco it's gone it's mm -hmm. a fucking shithole like like those commercials like i'm i can't stand donald trump but those commercials he would run like talking shit on nancy pelosi and showing the homeless shitting in san francisco that was not hyperbole like i've been mm -hmm. there boots on the ground like that shit is real a hundred and i'm talking about in a nice neighborhood the business district i'm not yeah. talking about in the tenderloin i'm talking about on fisherman's wharf where you want to bring your kid and your wife for dinner i'm talking about it's 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 out of hand and it's just uh but what is what's the solution right and especially out here in california other cities like if you're homeless in indianapolis the the, the city of indianapolis will give you like a one-way bus ticket to la or san francisco and like this is like where literally other states ship their homeless it's it's really it's wild. wild. It it is. It, it, it's like I said. And also, what you said though is a hundred percent true about mental health because mm -hmm. um, you'll talk to people in their forties, in their fifties, like Bay Area natives. Like my mom grew up here, and uh, it wasn't like that when they grew up. It wasn't like that at all. And I asked them, like, what happened? And when Ronald Reagan, it was before he was president. Before he was president, he was governor of California. He shut down. Uh, the big one in the Bay was Agnew State Mental Health Facility, or they might have mm -hmm. had a more fucked up name for it back then, like an asylum. But uh, uh, they they shut it down. It was like the biggest mental health facility in the and then before you and then right when he shut it down is when the crack epidemic hit California. Yeah. And then boom, 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 and then after that it was the recession, and then boom, and then boom, and and so yeah, it's just and then the 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 opioid crisis, and it just it seems like there's no end inside and it's not that mm -hmm. i don't feel for those people and it's so hard to like lump them all together because somewhere out there's a homeless mom with homeless kids and yeah. she's never touched a heroin needle in her life and mm -hmm. she, you know it's just life gave her the short end of the stick and she gets by assholes like me she gets lumped into the same category <laughs> as the guy you know throwing used needles in the school or playground you know and mm -hmm. it, and it, it, it is, it's just, it's so hard to, to just see them as individual cases. And I know each one of those people has a story if I sat down yeah. and listened to it. So like, I feel conflicted. Like it, it's a mind fuck, like walking down the street in California. And, mm -hmm. and I gotta be real, like sometimes I just don't feel like being confronted with like that harsh reality when I step out my front door, like goddamn, yeah. I can't walk my, my, you know, my multi poo on like a nice breezy Saturday morning without, you know, it's just yeah. sometimes you don't want it, but like how privileged is that of me of just not wanting to like see it and pretend like it doesn't exist. So trust me, I see, <laughs> I see all angles there. Um, yeah. And then also something I'll, all right. So say, say everything goes great. You know, mayor, governor, one day it's sunny day for president. One thing that I find and I think causes a lot of the political tension in this country is this one size fits all approach for government. And like I said, once mm -hmm. again, I've seen it firsthand out here in California. Um, so believe it or not, California has more small towns than big towns and it has more rural areas than it does big city. And most Californians live in small podunk towns mm -hmm. or in rural areas. However, every single law in the state of California is specifically designed for those that live in Los Angeles or San Francisco or yeah. big city. And it pisses off the people in the small towns because like these laws that make perfect sense in this place like San Francisco don't make sense at all in a rural mountain town where the elevation is bigger than the population, you know, yeah. but they, <laughs> and, and it pisses people off. And like here in California, like these small mountain towns in Northern California are trying to like secede from California and form a state called 51st Jefferson, which uh, it, on face value, it's a bunch of crazy rednecks wanting to do some crazy redneck shit. But if you dig a little deeper, there, I, I kind of feel the heart of that sentiment of like, they're literally not governing for us at all. And I feel the same thing happens between Republicans or Democrats. Like, like yeah. 
how like you obviously the answer is probably you can't but like how do you try to make everybody happy like how how do you like govern uh, like make a rule that makes just as much sense for somebody living in downtown LA as it does somebody living in like you know Tahlequah Oklahoma I think that's where like the root of the problem kind of stems from they have to listen to people that is the one thing that I don't think politicians do that is it just baffles me because as a politician or as a government you're representing people you're making decisions about where they live where they go to school ultimately their lives and how happy and successful they can be but you're not willing to listen and you're not willing to ask questions or go out into communities and ask and see for yourself what these people need when people run for office and they give themselves a label as a democrat or republican immediately you have to think they're making these decisions by a playbook and for themselves yes. they're trying to fit a mold and mm -hmm. they're just following a rule book okay this is what this group of people want let's make them happy because they voted for me. Like, let's not even care about what the other people have to say or what their lives are like. So we need people who are going to run for office who are willing to listen and put themselves out there and, you know, step out of their comfort zones and be vulnerable and give back. I don't, it's yeah. just weird to me. Yeah. Like I, 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 and I've said, I don't know if I had a dollar for every time I've said this on the podcast, I'd be rich. But one of my favorite <laughs> sayings in the world is a wise man knows what he doesn't know or a wise person knows what they don't know. And like, um, and, and, and I'm so tired of the politicians acting like they know better than me. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm smarter mm -hmm. than these people, but like, like you said, yeah, like, like these presidents and these people that are making decisions, like you've never been to my town or my neighborhood yeah. or my neck of the woods, but yet mm -hmm. you're trying to act like you know what's best for us. I think yeah. that's where people get, they rubs them the wrong way. I think that is very much the truth. And, and like you said, it's like, you show me a person that says they have all the answers and I'll show you a liar. Like I yeah. never tune out faster. Like, if I'm at a party or some social gathering and, and I know some I'm people might say way. this is, yeah, like some people might say this is the pot calling the kettle black. I've been calling know it all the time or two in my life. But like Same. if somebody tries to, like if somebody's in the room just saying like they know everything, like every topic, they never like ask a single question. They have the answer for every fucking thing. Like I will never lose respect. Like I've never, speaking to you again like you're are so right. full of shit and it's like just these politicians acting like that and it's a fine line because if you just go up there saying oh well i don't know i don't have the answers you're not going to get elected so it, it's a fine line but i do think you said there needs to be room for input or room mm -hmm. for new information to alter yeah. the equation or you know like because uh, the know-it-all is a lie there's no such thing as a know-it-all nobody mm -hmm. knows it all and, yep. and, and and nobody, you know, can see the world through another person's eyes and nobody can put, you know, walk the whole walk a mile in another person's shoes sounds good, but you can't actually can't. do it. Like you, you don't know what life is like for them. Yeah. And, and, and I think that is where where a lot of the issues do do, you know, begin. But that's not where they end, you know. Um, I, I, you know, I do think that, you know, obviously like, like, and it's crazy because I get labeled like, and I, this probably happens to you. Now you are a little more, you know, politically engaged than me, but I get labeled this like politically kind of extreme person. And like, I'm not even that <laughs> into politics. Like I, I'd be, but it's because of a lack of faith in the system. Like if I had a couple of people that weren't full of shit or weren't blowing smoke up my ass, or if I had a, you know, a system that where your vote actually matters, aka not mm -hmm. the electoral college, I would yeah. probably be a lot more civically engaged. But I kind of have this like pessimistic view of just like, man, they're both lying to me. My vote doesn't count. Yeah, I'd rather go skateboard or go to the beach than spend my time waiting in a voting line. Like, 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 and, and I, I've. You, you want to know a quick way to get hated by both sides is to say that like you don't vote like because that's me like I <laughs> like I like I, I, you have a red hat maggot person and like a blue haired San Francisco liberal shaking hands <laughs> calling you a scumbag if you say that you don't like to vote but but it's not like I don't vote out of laziness like I like legitimately don't have faith in the system like I yeah, I legit exactly. feel like it's pissing in the wind you know so it's like I just have better things I would do with my mm -hmm. time and and I, but I know that kind of attitude, like in the grand scheme of things, and if everybody took my approach, it would be much worse. So like, I'm, I, I understand the hypocritical nature of that. 
but uh yeah i just i would love nothing more than to like be able to get into politics and to believe in our government and believe in the political system and believe in our leaders like it's like i want to like that sounds fucking nice like i hate (laughs) having my like bullshit meter just at like full stroke every time cnn's on or whatever channel you know whatever channel it's all the same like, like, I just hate just like, because like I've, I've been blessed with a good bullshit meter. Like, if you're blowing smoke up my ass, like, I may look you in the head and eye and nod, but like, I'm very aware of like, yeah. when I'm being bullshitted. And, 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 and I just that that's what just that that's what loses me quicker than anything. And, mm-hmm. and so so yeah, that's pretty much just what's happened to me with the whole political process. But I do got to say, However, we may have disagreed in the past. If you ever run it, you got my vote, and I will get my hey. ass to the actual the polling station. Now, <laughs> that's awesome. I, one final question, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. let you go about your evening. It's, it's going to end on more of a lighthearted note. Something I've always wanted to ask you since the first time I seen your name in like a middle school yearbook. Is there, <laughs> is there a story behind the name Sunny Day? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like, whoa. Or at least it, if it's too personal, whatever, you, you can pass. No. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, I, I, I'm sure other people are going to read this on YouTube or wherever they see the podcast and be like, Sunny mm-hmm. Day, is that like a rapper name? Yeah. Like, uh, so, so explain just for the people and for myself, because I've been deeply curious for like 15 years. What's the story behind Sunny <laughs> Thank Day? Thank you. Well, first off, no one ever believes that my name is actually Sunny Day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. as a kid, I would get in trouble from my teachers because they thought I was joking. And I was like, no, I'm so serious. Or when they'd say it out loud, I would just wait for some joke to happen. But um, so I'm a June baby. So it kind of goes oh, with so when you're... I was born. But so my dad and mom got pregnant with me pretty young. And everything just kind of changed for them. And so my dad says that I was not a mistake, but a miracle because I brought life into their or light into their life. And so they named yeah. me Sunny Day because they wanted wow. me to be a light in the world like they like I was for them, which is really sweet. And I always tell people that it's it's really hard to be a mean or sassy person with a name like Sunny Day. Like, I feel like I'm obligated to be so nice all the time. So my mom says that I have an alter ego and her name is Stormy <laughs> Knight. So there's two of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Isn't it? it, it, it it's something that's really impossible to prove because you can't like go back and live your life with a different name. But like yep. in some kind of simulation, wouldn't it be interesting to see like how our name, cause it, it affects everything. It affects how people view you. It yeah. affects how you view yourself. <laughs> like you said, you feel like you have to feel like kind of sometimes be sunny or your yep. name's sunny. Like, like I feel like with a name like Dominic, like, I feel like that's a pretty strong name. Like I feel like I couldn't. I was gonna be, say like, the oh, same thing. Yeah, like yeah, I, could, I feel like I couldn't <laughs> be some bitch. Like I don't know, but like I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. But it, it, that's super. It's like maybe like the psychology of how somebody's name not only oh, affects yeah. other people but affects you. But thank you so much for answering that. Like I said, I've been wondering that since like yeah. middle school. But uh, and like, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, that was a lot of fun. Very informative. I learned a ton and respect thank all you. of your knowledge and opinions on all those topics. And you know truly truly rooting for you like there's like I, I root for a lot of people from our hometown mm-hmm. and that's literally part of why i started this podcast is because i knew so many people from our hometown and from our region that are so talented and that the world mm-hmm. just needs to show and, and a, a platform needs to be given to which obviously you have bigger platforms than mine but i wanted to use my platform to just yeah introduce the world to I sunny day because i think you got big things coming and yeah this was episode 46 of dreadful talk thank you so much for your time of course. let the people thank know where you. they can follow you and support you and, and all that all that good stuff yeah so everyone can follow me on instagram at sunny m day and on there i have my miss oil capital if you want to follow my miss oklahoma journey so awesome. thank you i really appreciate you asking these questions because a lot of people just make assumptions about me and what I do and they're not willing to ask. So I really appreciate it. Oh yeah. I was all ears. I was super curious. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your candid of responses. And I said, bring that title home to Norman, baby. Let's thank get it. Thank you. Uh, awesome. I will. Right, have a good day. Thank you Bye. so much.